1: Welcome in to another edition of Respect My Decision. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Thank you for tuning in on this Saturday morning. As we always do, before I bring in my guest, I do want to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the country. We at Landry Football have teamed together with them to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football followers and podcast listeners. So here's what you do. You go to the website LandryFootball.com, click on the ad in the upper right side of the page, and then you pick among any of the legal sites that are available in your state. BetMGM, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever you want to do, sign up and you'll instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk free bet from 100 up to 1000. That's it. That's all you do. It's that easy. LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad in the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with American betting experts. All right. So without further ado, going to bring in my guest. That is Sam Con Jr. of the Athletic, uh, newly of the Athletic, I should say. Congratulations and uh, thanks for joining, man. No problem. Thanks for having so me. So I wanted to to bring you on um, your, uh, your 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 Texas bona fides. the uh, The list is long. You, you've been doing this for a minute. Uh, you're with ESPN, uh, Houston Chronicle. Um, so I guess first thing, I guess, just tell us tell us a little bit real quick of what got you to the Athletic.
0: Yeah. So, of course, like you said, I've been in this a long time. I started my journalism career in 2005 at the Houston Chronicle. I, I covered high school football there. I covered colleges uh, before I left. I was there for about seven years. And then ESPN gave me the call in 2012. And I started uh, covering Texas A&M football and recruiting for them uh, for a few years. And then eventually I moved to the SEC coverage team for a few years. Then I became on the Big 12 coverage team. And then... Uh, in January I got the call from ESPN that my contract that was expiring in the spring would not be renewed. So, uh, so January 15th was my last day. My contract was expiring in May. So obviously I needed to find a job and, uh, The Athletic was interested. They were among a few different publications that I spoke with, but it seemed like a really good fit because there are some people that I worked with at ESPN that I'm very familiar with that gave me some really good intel. Intel, my friend Max Olson, who's a national college football writer for them, Mitch Sherman, who covers Nebraska, Uh, Matt Fortuna. Uh, There's some lots of people who were at ESPN that are there now and that had a lot of great things to say about it. And uh, my editor, Hart, she used to work at the Dallas Morning News. Uh, Kate moved to the Athletic in 2019 as an editor. And I got to know Kate when I was covering Texas a and football. We were both on the beat at the same time. And so, uh, you know, talking to Stu Mandel... Uh, and Jill Thaw, uh, Jill's the managing editor there for the college football vertical, uh, just seemed to make sense. They had a hole in Texas. They didn't have a Texas beat writer or a Texas A&M beat writer. Uh, so they needed one. They wanted one. I had experience covering both programs. I covered Texas A&M. As I mentioned, I've covered Texas as part of my Big 12 coverage in the last three, four years. So it made sense. Uh, I like the people. I like what they do as a publication. They you know have made a really big impact in the college football space uh, in terms of coverage in the last last few years and i thought it was a great fit and fortunately it all worked out and here i am about five days in the new job and so far i'm loving it awesome man yeah that that's i mean
1: that's that's the dream right there um i uh and real quick before i forget i'll let you plug at the end but i mean just just to reiterate that people in my opinion are psychopaths if they don't subscribe to the athletic but just just tell everyone how much it costs to be a subscriber
0: well, you always get get a promo. Right now, I think it doesn't for another few weeks. One dollar a month right now. Yeah. So for the first six months, uh, and then and then after that increases. But right now, one dollar a month for a promo uh, rate. If you go to anybody, anybody's story, pretty much. Uh, on the site, if you click on one of my stories, you'll find the link there at the bottom or you'll I'm sure you can find on the Twitter feed of any of the many writers you follow who cover college football. But it's a really, really good time to get in right now. And you get a ton of coverage. You don't just get the college football coverage. You get access to everything, which the athletic covers, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, you name it. So uh, college basketball, so a, lot, a lot of uh, NCAA tournament coverage right now. So it's a good bang for the buck. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Uh,
1: so, y- you know, Houston, y- you know it well. Um we're not going to, I guess when you think Houston, you know, we're not going to talk, uh, we're not going to talk trash cans. We're not going to talk about James Harden. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the Cougs. Uh, more times than not, when you hear Houston, you think Texas A&M. Um, it's in College Station, but it's, it's, the proximity is there. Uh, Jimbo Fisher uh, it's such an interesting and such an intriguing topic. Was that Florida State, as we all know, um, five straight access bowls, won a national title, um, kind of fell off at the end before he resigned, but since being at Texas A&M, nine and four, eight and five, nine and one, three straight bowl wins. Um, you know, last year they were just just right there and uh, almost broke through. But uh, look, I, I don't think you know. I don't think the natives are getting restless there. I think they know what they have with Jimbo. Uh, the machine is is churning right now in terms of recruiting. Finished with a uh, top five class in 2021. Um, off to a, a great start in 2022. Kellen Mond no longer there, but I still think the hype is still there. Um, plenty. But uh, w- what's the vibe right now in College Station coming off that 9-1 season and heading into 2021?
0: There's a lot of positive buzz right now for the big reason that that you mentioned they came off knocking on the college football playoff door. You know, top five finish. That's the first time they've done that since 2012 when Johnny Manziel was on campus. And they've got the number five class, like you said, in the last class. And right now, then 247 composite, they're number five in the 2022 class. They're off to a really good start in the next class. So there's a lot of positive momentum. He stacked about three top seven classes in a row nationally, which I think is what you have to do in order to compete in the SEC West. And having the success, I think having that big third year and being where they were, I think that was a huge point of evidence to point to to recruits, to fans that, hey, we are moving this thing in the right direction, that we are doing what we need to do to compete with the nation's elite. So I think it's been a big momentum boost for them to finish the season the way they did and then to start this 22 class the way they have. So I mentioned Mon no longer there, um, at quarterback though, I
1: don't, the, no lack for talent. Jimbo, obviously known uh, as a uh, quarterback whisperer, uh, can, can really get the most out of whoever he has under center, uh, in terms of, uh, not just recruiting, um, the, there's kind of the known guys there, you know, in 2022, they've got Connor Weigman, uh, committed right now. Um, but looking at what they have brought in recently, um, with uh you know eli stowers and, and then what they have on campus right now who do you think is is poised to step in
0: vermont and and take over this team this season yeah i think if i picked a favorite going into the spring football and in, into camp i'd probably pick haynes king the the 2019 or 2020 signee uh that he's jimbo signed a few quarterbacks he had zach Calzado was his first one uh or James Foster, I guess, should be his first one, but James is no longer part of the program. But uh, Zach Calzada, Haynes King, and Eli Stowers are the last three quarterback signees. I think King's got some really good ability. Calzada does too. Calzada's got a really good arm. I think when he throws it, it's pretty evident how good he is doing that. I think King is going to be a little more mobile. Uh, I think he's going to mirror Mond a little bit more in terms of physical ability, but I think the ceiling on him is really high. Stowers is a true freshman. He's just on campus. So, you know, I think it's going to take some time for Stowers to get acclimated. You know, Jimbo Fisher is very demanding on his quarterbacks. He's going to throw a lot at them. He's going to ask a lot of them. You remember when Kellen's first year, Kellen had some bright moments and he had some rough ones, you know, he had some ones he didn't look so great. And I think you're going to see that with whoever wins the job, whether it's Calzada, whether it's King Stowers, I think you're going to see some growing pains this first year because Jimbo's going to ask a lot of them. And they're also going to have some transition on the offensive line. You know, they've, they've got to replace four starters. So that's going to be a factor, but the, the talent that he's got to choose from with those three guys is really, really good. I think Jimbo's got a really good situation. It's just none of them have any real game experience at this point. And that's a,
1: that's a great segue. You mentioned the uh, the turnover on the offensive line, and, and I was going to go there next. Uh, it, Bill Connolly, everyone's favorite nerd, uh, released a returning production post. Uh, and I was scrolling before we started looking for A&M, and I did not realize how far down the list they were in returning production. Um, 99th um, in his rankings here. Uh, they're returning 60% overall, 46% on offense, 74 on defense, though. Um, and look, we'll we'll flip over to defense here. I thought that defense last year um, really started to hit their stride. Um, the one early loss to Alabama, you know, I guess ultimately doomed them. Um, whether that was right or wrong in the in the playoff voting, but um, I, I thought the defense was played tremendous last year. Um, I think that they have really built um, a really nice foundation, and they're starting to just add more and more pieces. In the 2021 and now the 22 class. But uh, as far as defensive leaders, um, you know, who is who are who are some names to know? And I guess who are some folks that you think are going to take that next step that might have played some snaps last year? Maybe were special teams primarily who is uh, poised to kind of step up and be a leader over there.
0: Yeah, I think the big star you're going to see on this AM defense is to Marvin Leal, the defensive lineman. He's tremendous talent. He was uh, a recruit out of San Antonio a couple of years ago, and he's really coming to his zone. He'll be a junior this season. Uh, he's a tremendous physical talent, and he'll be a consistent pressure off the edge uh, in the pass game. He can defend the run game. Jaden Peavy, a defensive tackle. Uh, I think he's a super senior. Is what they're calling him now. Uh, Jaden coming back for another year, I think is huge for them. Uh, They've been so good in run defense under Mike Elko. I think that was one big thing. As they transitioned into the SEC in 2012 in the Kevin Sumlin era, one of the biggest issues they had as a defense was stopping the run consistently. Well, since Elko's been there and Jimbo Fisher arrived, they've been done a great job of doing that. And it's made a big difference on defense. They got nine return to starters on defense. I think that's huge. I mean, the, the two they lose are two tough ones. Bobby Brown, the defense tackle buddy Johnson, the linebacker buddy was just a... Badass player. I, I think Bobby, I mean, uh, Buddy was was fantastic, but uh, so it's going to be they've got to fill a couple of spots, but they've got a lot of talent on the back end back. A lot of, they got a lot of talent up front. Linebacker is going to be interesting, but I think uh, I think they're going to be in really good shape defensively. And they they feel on campus right now, they feel like this could be the best defense they've had in a couple decades, perhaps. I mean, they they feel that good about the depth and the talent they have on that first unit. So I've had a couple folks on the show
1: uh, talked to Wes Scott Eberts I've uh, talked to to Ari Wasserman um, just kind of the the ebbs and flows of the state of Texas and you know it's you know literally and figuratively it's it's big um, football's big there I mean you start at, I mean hell you start at middle school and it's a uh, it's a huge deal and then high school is you know without question one of the the biggest things in that state but with with college football um, you have the the new hire in Austin um with steve sarkeesian you've got jimbo and what he's done at a&m that's been so so impressive um baylor texas tech uh, you know everybody tcu um you know dana holgerson still at houston so everybody's still still kind of hanging around you know steve's kind of the, the new guy on the block uh, I, as far as where AM is in the pecking order right now um i know people expect a some big things out as Sarkisian with what he did at Alabama, but it, but it's going to be year one. So I think there's going to be some bumps for him just kind of getting himself settled, but where, you know, on that, on that tier, do you put a and M, do you put them above everyone else without question? Or do you think that there's still some things that they got to prove?
0: I think right now at this moment in time, they are number one in the state because of how well they did last season. And they've got an established foundation You know, Jimbo Fisher has had the same offensive and defense coordinator for the last three years. There's not been turnover there. They've got the top seven recruiting classes in the last three years, like I mentioned, stacking those on top of each other. That's how you build a championship contender. Texas, I think, does have a bright future with Steve Sarkeesian. The early returns on him have been pretty good. Uh, Personality-wise, he seems to be a really good fit. Uh, certainly, we saw what he did offensively, and I think it's going to be a huge boon for that team, especially when you see some of the talent they return. The quarterback options that they have, I think, are really good with Casey Thompson, Hudson Card. Bijan John Robinson is a legitimate national star as the running back. So I think the future is bright for them. But let's not forget that program has still been searching for the national relevance that it had in the 2000s. You know, 2009 was the last time they were in a national championship game. They were in the conference championship game in 2018, but they've since turned the staff over, the assistant coaching staff over, and then eventually the head coach and the rest of the staff over since then. Uh, Texas has been in a constant state of flux for almost a decade, and they're still searching for that elite status that they had in the Mac Brown era. Uh, Can Steve Sarkeesian get them there? I mean, that remains to be seen, but I think he's got some promise if they let him do the job. You know, I think that's one of the biggest questions with Texas is. Can you let the guy do his job without all the other stuff that comes with that job when it comes to boost your pressure and alumni pressure? I mean, certainly that exists a lot of places, but I think it's unique in, in Austin. So uh, if they if they let him do it the way he needs to do it, I think he's got some real potential when you look at who he's worked under and Nick Saban and Pete Carroll. He's learned some really good guys. He's worked in the NFL. Uh, I think he's got a good pedigree. Um, but I think AM is a step above them right now because they've established themselves, they've... They've already shown on the field, we're going to compete with some of the best. They were on the door of the college football playoff, and they've started to stack that talent up. And, and it's, again, that consistency and continuity with a coaching staff, I think, is really huge for them. So I think right now that there's a step up. Texas is certainly trying to get back there. And, you know, TCU is still a factor, you know, with Gary Patterson. I mean, they they beat Texas last year. You know, they've made a, a habit of beating Texas. Uh, so they're still a factor. They can steal some recruits. I think those other programs that you talk about, Texas, uh, I mean, uh, Texas Tech, Baylor, and TCU, those programs, when they have those big seasons or when they, you know, are able to burst on the scene a little bit, They can come in there and say, grab a four star here, grab a a, maybe even sometimes a five star. Houston, you know, five years ago, grabbed Ed Oliver, who I can promise you every program in this state would have loved to have. And when you when you as Texas or Texas A&M who are trying to compete for national championship, miss on a guy like that. While Alabama and Ohio State are also coming in and getting five star kids, makes it that much harder to compete for that national championship and get into the playoffs.
1: The last couple things here, Sam, and again, I appreciate your time joining us here. Uh, you, I know you mentioned Demarvin Leal, um, but the incoming guys. I, I thought uh, that the incoming class that that a And M brought in. I mean, I, they. I guess you could say they, they quote unquote missed on uh, on Taiwan Malone. I mean, if they had brought him in, that's probably the best defensive line haul um, in the country. But I, they're they're doing okay with who they brought in. Um, and I, I might be butchering his name. I'm tr- doing my best. Uh, is it Tamicia Adelaide? Adelier. okay. I believe that's, it that's is. That's a great name. <laughs> uh, so you've got him, you've got Elijah Judy, Marcus Burris, and, and Jay-Zion Harris. Uh, Leal's the, the known commodity there, but do you do you anticipate any of those guys kind of breaking in the, t- in the two deep and, and maybe finding a starting spot on this defensive line?
0: I think a defense, a a Delia, if he's going to play in the defensive end spot, I think it might be a challenge because you got Lay Allen, you got Tyree Johnson. Tyree's a pretty good, solid SEC defensive lineman as well. But I think you could see him burst in the rotation a little bit. I mean, certainly when you're recruiting this level of guy, these are guys that should at least be coming in and contributing in their first year. So I, I would not be shocked at all to see a daily get in the lineup. Uh, Judy, you know, the same thing, if you can get it, because that's what you do in sec ball is you've got to be able to have that depth. You can't have your defensive guys playing any mm-hmm. snaps, you know, 90 snaps now. Cause everybody's running, everybody's running uh, up-tempo offenses and now you got to play 90 snaps. So I think you could see got those guys getting the mix a little bit. And you know, I think you're going to have to, you're going to have to have that quality depth, uh, and, and get some guys a, a few looks, but, Again, that's been, I think, the biggest change for Texas A&M in the last three years, as opposed to its first five in the SEC, is how much quality depth they've had on defensive line and, and what it's done for them in the run game. And it's been such a huge boost for them. If they can continue that and continue to build those classes, uh, I think it, it bodes well for them long term in this conference. I buried the lead a bit there, talking
1: about the defensive line haul. Mentioning Shamar Turner. Um, I've high praise. I've seen some folks put him in the same conversation as miles Garrett, just because of the, the frame and what he did at the high school level. Um, so with him and I'm gonna throw a couple other names at you, um, in terms of instant impact and hell, they might all do it. Um, so I'd throw you Turner, uh, Bryce Foster, the offensive lineman out of Katie, LJ Johnson, the running back out of Cyprus. And, um, I'll throw one more at you. Uh, I'll throw Deuce Harmon at you. Um, out of those, who do you think makes the biggest impact, uh, or I guess the most instant impact?
0: I think Foster's got a real shot because there's there's spots to be had on that offensive line. Uh, the physicality that guy brings is impressive. I think he's a hell of an athlete for his size. Didn't he, didn't he pull, uh, didn't he pull a vehicle st- for his commitment video? <laughs> I believe I believe so. <laughs> and, uh, and so... I think the I think the opportunity that exists there, and we saw Jimbo and and this offense is not they're not going to be afraid to start a freshman lineman, Kenyon Green, uh, who's going to be a junior this year, uh, has you know played on the interior. He could shift out to tackle this year, but uh, Kenyon Green played as a true freshman and he was very very good in his first year out. Um, he certainly ha- had some growing pains, but for the most part, held his own in the SEC. I think Bryce will have that opportunity uh, if he comes in and, and shows it, you know, during the off season, I think he's got a chance to, to crack that lineup. And, and like I said, they're going to need it. They, they like what they have already on campus, but it's wide open because, you know, there's only one returning starter up front. So uh, I think Bryce got a real shot. Last thing here in 2021.
1: Do you think that we will see uh, demand Damas do
0: any sort of flip after a touchdown? <laughs> Well, he's got to get on the field first. (laughs) That's the thing is Demas has been one of the more curious uh, prospects and players for me on this roster because he's got a tremendous amount of talent. Uh, As you saw, we've seen him do a flip. I've went and watched him play and he is a tremendous talent. He is so fun to watch, but he had a lot of hard, hard time getting on the field last year, Uh, you know, He's had, you know, Jimbo has been really cryptic when he talks about Demas, you know, what his status is with the team and things of that sort. I think he recently got arrested, you know, for a you know, misdemeanor. And so he's going through a process. He's not in spring football right now. Uh, he has to get clear through the university before he can get back on the field. Uh, if he can do what he needs to do to get back on the field. Yeah, he has the potential to have some impact, but he's going to have to earn it because there's a lot of other receivers and a lot of other playmakers on this team and on this offense that have done what they need to do and have taken advantage of it. And they've got no shortage of weapons. You know, you look at uh, Anaya Smith, who's been a really good asset, both as a receiver and a running back. Uh, Caleb Chapman, who was coming on very strong last year before he got injured in that Florida game. If he's back healthy, he's going to be a factor in the receiving game. Jalen Weidermeyer, the tight end. Uh, Jalen was a Mackey Award finalist last year. Uh, you, we know how much Jimbo loves the tight end in this offense. So uh, There there are other places to go with the ball at this point, but if Demas can get himself on the field, his pure physical talent, without question gives him a chance to be an all SEC caliber player. He's just got to get on the field. He's got to take care of his business. And, and just to follow up to Demas uh that
1: that 2020 class a couple guys that I'm keeping an eye on uh Chris Morris the offensive lineman out of West Memphis you 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 mentioned how spots are up for grabs on the offensive line um you know what's his impact going to be in 2021 and then McKinley Jackson I think that he is poised for a big time breakout season could possibly get into that first round discussion um I, I guess what what's Jimbo and the staff expecting out of those two
0: yeah, no, like like you said, I think uh I think there, there's chances for them for them to break in, you know, and make some impact. Uh you know, competition is part of the deal here. You know, it's you you've got a, you know, McKinley, I think again, a defensive line. You know, you Bobby Brown's moved on. You've got you've got a chance to, you know, fill some spots there and uh you know, he's got the kind of size and frame that, you know, that Bobby had. And so, you know, that that's a real you know, you got a real shot there to uh to make an impact uh it's you know like you said on the offensive line that that's i think one of the biggest things to watch in this spring is who are the guys that are out there running with the first team who are the guys running out their second team and how do they figure out because uh, you know there's no spot that's solidified at this point we know Kenyon green is going to be part of it so where does he where is he lined up and where he lines up is going to affect everybody else on that line Because if he's going to be out of tackle, then you're going to have interior spots up for grabs. If he's going to be if he's going to stay inside, then that means your tackle spots are up for grabs. So that impacts that whole deal. So that that to me, I think, is one of the closest things to watch uh, in spring and this entire offseason is how that offensive line shakes out.
1: Sam, this has been great. It's been fun. Um, It's 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 getting more and more exciting to talk football uh, with spring. Uh, A lot of teams have either already started or have started this week. Uh, college football coming back it's it's as you know um i guess we both know it, it's it's year-round it never stops but uh but it's nice to uh to talk about it with you and uh again um appreciate your time before i let you go uh, make sure to let the folks know where they can find you uh, on twitter where they can find your work and uh where they can uh subscribe to the athletic not just read need need you to subscribe
0: that's right. Yeah. No. On on Twitter at SCON Jr. That's S K H A N J R. I will post just about every story link I have up there. Um. You know. Of course, you can. Uh. Any any if you have or looking for any kind of takes on the state of Texas, I can promise you, I can give. I will give them to you there. But yeah. Of course, the Athletic dot com on the college football page. Uh. You'll be able to find my feed there and uh on my Twitter handle. Also, I have a link to my story feed that where there'll be plenty of stories about Texas, Texas A and M. Tech, Baylor, TCU, Houston, SMU, you name it. So we'll do some recruiting coverage too. Uh, that's one thing I'm excited about doing. Um, this weekend, I'm going out to the Elite 11 uh, regional down here in Houston to go see some passers uh, and see what they look like. But uh, we'll be doing some of that coverage too uh, here at The Athletic. But yeah, theathletic.com, $1 a month uh, for a promo rate to start. So can't beat that. So come on down and uh, come read our stuff. We, uh, we got a lot of great people on this college football absolutely sam thanks again man um
1: great stuff um again congratulations on the athletic um that's that's got to be just exciting and i know that you're you're geek to get going with college football just around the corner but uh that's gonna do it for respect my decision thanks to sam thanks to you the listener and again as always thanks to american betting experts for sponsoring this show so until next week we will talk to y'all then we out